It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. This is Debbie Kiever, and I'm here with Laura Pereno. And Laura, I cannot believe the time is chunking away. Now we are in November already. We've been, we're in that new season, this new series we call Gratitude. Uh, what a great teaching on how the importance of gratitude can change your outlook, regardless of the environment around you. You know, God calls us to be grateful in the good seasons and the hard ones. And uh, the way you, your perception um, is of who God is in the midst of your circumstances dramatically changes how you walk through it. So we have a special guest today. I'm so excited to introduce our listeners uh, to Missy Reimer. Missy, you are, this is a first podcast for you. Is that correct? Absolutely. Very first one. Well, we're so glad to have you here. Um, uh, this is how I met you. We have a home in Ocean City, New Jersey, and Missy, your husband, Jay, is the pastor at the Ocean City Tabernacle. Uh, so we've gotten to know you for a couple of years, but I got to tell you, you are a kindred spirit to me because you're fun, you love to laugh, and you love kids. So well, thanks for having me here. <laughs> but I would love to, I'm going to ask you just to share a little bit about your background, um, a little bit of who is Missy, aside from always being called Jay's wife. Well, I was born in Philadelphia and raised in South Jersey. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. I uh, went to college at Cedarville University and received a bachelor's degree in biology and chemistry and a master's degree in education from Philadelphia Biblical University that's now called Cairn. Uh, my husband, Jay, and I've been married for almost 34 years, and we have two grown children, David and Jenny. Hmm. Um, I used my biology and chemistry degree, and I taught in high school, high school science. Uh, man, <laughs> kind was of it rough. The, was it the science or the teenagers? It was the, te- it was actually the parents, I think, of the teenagers. Oh, no. <laughs> I loved the kids. Um, I taught science uh, in a high school in South Jersey, and then Jay and I went to be missionaries in Ecuador. Um, We were there about a year, and we came home when I had some trouble with my first pregnancy, and uh, he's fine now, by the way. He's 30, and and I was a stay-at-home mom until our daughter went to kindergarten, and uh, in the meantime, we had moved from New Jersey to Texas. Um, by the way, Texas is the greatest country in the world. And <laughs> I taught in uh, the Arlington public school system there. Uh, but I eventually left teaching to become a full-time children's minister at a church in Texas. Um, I just love kids. I feel like God created me to tell kids that Jesus loves them. And, uh, During my time at the church, I became part of a leadership team at Mount Lebanon camp, where I now direct uh, kids camps. We have four or 5,000 kids that come to camp uh, each summer, uh, third to sixth graders, and they come to meet Jesus there. Mm. So wait a minute. So you live in Jersey. I remember this year you disappeared for the month of June to go. So you go back. You said you you direct this kids camp in the month of June, but you live in Ocean City. I do. Um, I do everything via Zoom. I was a person on Zoom before Zoom was a thing. 
<laughs> we, we plan everything with our church staff. Uh, I, I'm sorry, with our camp staff, everything is done via Zoom. And mm. then I show up and we run three weeks of camp in June um, and it's hot and it's fun and Ooh. hundreds of kids come to know Jesus. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. I know that's your heart. What is God doing with you in Ocean City with kids right now? Uh, I oversee the elementary part of the Sun Club after school program here in Ocean City. It's held at the Ocean City Tabernacle. Um, we have over 100 public school kids who come to this free program mm. uh, where they get help with homework. They get mentored. We have fun and games. And uh, more importantly, they hear about how God loves them and wants them to be part of his family. Mm. Well, this is exciting. I'm so excited to meet you for the first time today, Missy. Grateful that you're here with us. And Debbie has, uh, I've heard Debbie reference you quite a few times, and she has been really just getting me excited to hear what you have to share today. But it, it really is uh, incredible, and we all know this to be true, that when we're going through the really uh, significantly difficult, the hard, hard, hard times in life, um, God has something to show us what he teaches us as we go through these uh, significant struggles. And I know uh, when we walk these hard roads, uh, and I know you're going to share with our listeners soon uh, what this road's been for you, but so many times the Lord gives us the gift of a verse uh, or a theme that goes along with the struggle that we're going through. So if you were to think of what is the theme verse that God gave you um, or the theme that God gave you as you walked this difficult road, what could you share with our listeners today uh, that would kind of put them in that moment with you? Well, I think the uh, theme would be, um, it comes from a song that we used to sing in college. Um, and it, it's Christ is all I need. And uh, my key verse would be Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Amen. Mm. That is such a, a key verse, I think, to a lot of folks, right? A lot of people would say that's their key verse. Um, but I'm going to add. I'm going to ask you something here because I know our listeners are very curious now about your story and your story is your story, right? It's unique to you, but what you're going to share about how God's presence in the midst of a really dark place for yourself came through so loud and clear and, and real, you're a different person today than you were prior to the dark place that God had to walk through. That's your story, but all of us have a story. All of us have walked through places that are, that are really challenging, really painful, really hard, very scary. And I think there's going to be some truths that you share from your experience that our listeners are, are looking for. They're looking for testimonies to encourage their faith of how to you discover God's presence in the midst of the hard, because it's those things that it reveals in the dark that change you forever when you're walking in the light. So as a bit of a background, um, I'd really love to hear before you share about the really hard part, what was your spiritual background? Because you walked into this hard time already a believer. So let's kind of go back, just highlight some points. What was your walk with the Lord before this key story took place? Well, I was born into a Christian family. We were always at church. I mean, 
every single time the doors were open, we were there Sunday morning, Sunday night. Uh, if you grew up with a wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights, I did not. I never got to see it huh. um, because we were at church Wednesday night, youth group. Um, and I always heard about the Lord. My mother had led um, her mother and father, both of her brothers, her entire family to the Lord. And uh, it was the Lord was just always there. He was always talked about around the dinner table. Um, and I remember one uh, year I was actually seven years old. I was in uh, vacation Bible school in the summer and the teacher got up and she said that um, it didn't matter if you went to church. It didn't matter if your family was a Christian that it was your personal decision. You had to make that decision. Your parents couldn't make it for you. You had to do it. And so she, it, it just kind of struck me. Oh my goodness. Um, I have to make this decision. This is something that I personally need to do. And my teacher walked me through it that day. Um, I admitted that I was a sinner. I believed that Jesus died on the cross, but I had never confessed. I had never talked to God and prayed and told him how grateful I was that he sent his son to die for me, that um, I knew I was a sinner and that I needed to be saved. And that was my spiritual life. I, I went to Christian school. Uh, I went to uh, Christian college. It was your typical Christian life. Um, after Jay and I were married, we were missionaries. You can't get much more uh, Christian. In, <laughs> it's Christian. <very> Christian. <laughs> than that. And, and my life really revolved around my family and telling kids about Jesus. That was my life. Mm, mm. What a... What a tremendous upbringing. What a tremendous story, backstory that is uh, for you. And as you were even just sharing that, I was thinking about the fact that now you received uh, an understanding of who Jesus is by this individual who told you, right? It doesn't matter how much is going on in your household, uh, how many people you're surrounded by that love Jesus. If you don't make it personal, right, then it's not a personal relationship with him. And now... I hear you saying that's exactly what God has raised you up to do, right? Meet kids where they are and tell them that they also need a personal relationship with Jesus. And I love, uh, I love your story that you came from a Christian home. I think there's just a, a strong heritage and a strong uh, root there that God really uh, grew in you because of that story. So he had really uh, made you aware of his presence uh, before you started walking into this painful place that you're going to share with us. So this is a hard chapter. You know, you shared a lot of chapters just in those quick uh, moments that you shared with us. They were positive chapters. They were chapters that we would look at and say, wow, that's the easy road. And then boom, your story takes a different turn. You're reading the book of your life, right? And the next chapter is not so easy. Uh, so tell us what happened. Okay, in the fall of 2013, I went in for my annual checkup with my primary care doctor. And uh, like they always do, they feel your lymph nodes in your neck and along your collarbone. And he found three enlarged lymph nodes along my collarbone. And at that point, he started asking me questions. And his first one was, I noticed that you've lost a lot of weight. And I was thrilled. I thought, this is awesome. <laughs> Good job. I've, I've always struggled with weight loss. And uh, I said, I'm eating right. I'm exercising. I'm training for my first 5k in two months. 
And he didn't respond to that. And he said, I have another question for you. He said, do you sweat a lot? Well, I was 49 and I'm a woman. Of course I sweat a lot. Uh, it seems like every woman I knew at that time was sweating all the time. And he said, well, I have another question for you. He said, are you tired? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm a 49 year old woman. Of course I'm tired. I work full time. I work with kids. My summer was just over. We had camp. We had vacation Bible school. We had backyard Bible clubs. Of course I'm tired. And he said, this is very concerning. And so uh, from there, it was a whirlwind. Um, there were a lot of tests done um, within just a few weeks. Um, I had had a CAT scan that said, uh, that showed that I had chronic lymphocytic leukemia and I had a port implanted and I had started chemo all within just a few weeks. And it was just, it was just crazy. Um, at the time, I, I just didn't know exactly how this was going to go. Um, for the next six months I had chemo and I was in remission. It was exciting. Um, I thought my battle was over. And then uh, less than a year later, the cancer had come back. I was sent to see a specialist at MD Anderson in Houston, Texas, um, because normally this wouldn't come back that quickly. And they found that my uh, cancer had mutated into a very serious form of lymphoma. And um, my husband, Jay, asked a question that uh, we had never asked before. And he asked the doctor, um, well, how long does she have? And the doctor said three to six months. Three to six months. So let me just, let me just back up a second. You go into an appointment thinking you're going to get an attaboy for an out of girl, right. For losing weight, but you come out with a diagnosis that now after, you know, some months and some treatment, you are being told three to six months. And I can just feel the sight, like you can almost hear the pin drop, right. The silence in your, in your heart, in that room at that moment, you have had a lot of ups and downs over the years, but probably this was the biggest one that ever shook you. I got to ask you a question. Did you, did you feel really rocked by that? I mean, like emotionally or like what was going on inside when your whole world of what you expected you should be experiencing at 49 years old suddenly changed? What was going on with your faith? What was going on emotionally? Because, I mean, you can say that now because here this is years later, but I'm just putting myself in that doctor's room and thinking, good Lord, I know that you are my rock, but I feel like I'm falling apart right now. What were you feeling? Well, there was silence. Um, I remember looking over at, at my husband, Jay, and his face was just like empty. How, how are you supposed to respond to that? Yeah. Um, I, 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 a lot of things went through my mind. Um, my daughter was 20. My son was 24. How are they going to handle this? Um, mm -hmm. Because I knew I would be okay. I knew where I was going. 
Um, my parents are, were already in heaven at this point. I knew they'd be there waiting for me. Um, but this is, this is tough. This is a tough battle. Um, Jay asked the doctor, um, what my chances were. And he said, uh, I needed to get into remission and have a stem cell transplant, which is like a bone marrow transplant. If, if you've never heard of that before. And so I asked, well, what's my chance? Since we're asking about chances now and percentages, Mm -hmm. I asked, what is my chance of getting in remission? And he said, 5%. Five. Wow. 5%. Wow. Wow. 5%. Wow. Wow. And um, I, I don't tend to be on the charismatic side of things, but I felt very filled with the Holy Spirit. And I remember jumping up and I pointed at the doctor and I said, my God is bigger than your 5%. I want to know if I need to go home and get my affairs in order, or do we have a plan? Mm. Mm. Wow. That's a bold statement. That really, really is. And what I'm hearing, even as you I'm picturing this, right? You you jumping up and you making this bold statement, this bold declaration about who God is in the middle of your struggle. And so I'm seeing this great moment of faith there and grateful for that, right? That That's quite a testimony. But I'm wondering uh, outside of that moment when you are in, like you go home, right? And you're, you're in the quiet, you're in the stillness. And there are moments where we make those great declarations of faith. And then in the middle of the night, sometimes... Uh, we can wake up and we can have those moments where we feel ourselves going into a place where we're disappointed um, with the the way things are going. We can even sometimes be disappointed with God or angry with God uh, in the middle of the struggle that we're in. So while you stand up and you make this great declaration, I guess I'm, I'm wondering, were there moments where you were not able to stand up and make that great declaration? Were there moments where you were disappointed uh, in the place where you were, or maybe even angry with God? Uh, I was never disappointed or angry with God. Um, there were some times when I was scared because, mm. you know, sure. It, it, even though we know where we're going, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's a scary thing. Um, I remember, uh, Two times in particular, uh, usually in the CAT scan machine, <laughs> I'd be laying, I can't tell you, I think I've had close to 20 CAT scans since 2013. Every time I'm in a CAT scan machine, uh, you sit there and you have a good 30, 45 minutes to lay there and think yeah. there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Nothing at all. Um, and that's when, um, Verses have come to mind. Songs have come to mind. Um, uh, the funny thing is uh, the song Christ is all I need, which is one we sang in college all the time at Cedarville would always run through my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another very, very bad time. Uh, I did uh, get in remission. I went to transplant and transplant is not easy. Uh, having a stem cell transplant is really very, very difficult. It's the hardest thing I ever did other than losing my parents. And um, there was one night I had, I was in the hospital for 20, 28 days in the ICU. And 
about halfway through that, I'd been throwing up about every 40 minutes for three weeks. Um, I, I kept nothing down. Uh, through this whole process, I lost 75 pounds. Yay! Yay for weight loss. Uh, not the way you want to do it. Um, but I remember one night I was laying there. I had just thrown up again. I had thrown up all over myself. And um, I told God, if you don't have something left for me to do, let's be done. I, I just don't want to do this anymore. And then uh, my daughter was there. My husband and my daughter took turns every 12 hours. One of them would stay with me in the hospital. And she was wearing her headphones, watching TV over on the other side of the room. And she hadn't noticed that I had thrown up again. And I looked at her and I thought, I can't give up. I, I need to keep going. What kind of an example is that to this 20-year-old? Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, God, just get me through the next five minutes. And there was a huge clock in front of me and I would watch the second hand go around. And when it got to five minutes, I said, okay, you need to get me through the next five minutes. Wow. You chunked and it down. Yeah. You it's all it you down, can do like little bits. Yeah. Hmm. It's honestly all you can do when you're at that point. Um, you're just at the very end of your rope. I had no strength left. The only strength I had, the only faith I had, had to come from God. It didn't come from me. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anything. Um, and that was a great lesson for me because I tend to rely on my strength. I'm, I tend to be a very strong, energetic person. And I couldn't do that. The only person I could rely on was God at that point. And I think of the ups and downs in your treatment. I mean, you're, you're really isolated during that time too, with your recovery from your transplant, looking at the same four walls and you are an energizer bunny. So I can only imagine you staying in place in bed or a chair for all that whole month, how hard that would be. But I think you made a couple points that I think are worth uh, stressing for anybody who's in their hard place right now. Number one, that he's present in that place, even if you're feeling isolated and he's not asking you to conquer all the weight of what's weighing you down right now, right? He's saying, will you trust me for these five minutes? Will you look for me to be present in those five minutes? And Missy, what a powerful, um, a word of encouragement that would be for somebody who feels way in over their head right now. He's not asked for you to handle everything. He's like, will you trust me in this moment? And then you find out that he is faithful to show up. And then will you trust me for the next five minutes? I'll bet. And I know there's times that you had to have been like feeling complaining inside, but, but you are a very grateful person. And I'm curious if you're grat. I don't know what you were like prior to your cancer, but I know what you're like after, after this ordeal, you are very vocal in your gratitude for the Lord. And probably in the midst of those moments where you're throwing up or feeling overwhelmed, gratitude played an important part in you being able to have hope to move forward. Like what part did gratitude play for you? Well, you know, uh, God's done so much for me. Um, we already talked about, I had this great upbringing. I'm so grateful for that. Um, and I'm really grateful that 
I'm grateful for cancer. I know that's a really weird thing to say. I've always had this great ministry to children um, and their parents, but cancer has given me a completely different ministry now. Um, I can speak to people who are in really hard places. Mm -hmm. Um, I live in this awesome place, Ocean City, and people can look at my life and say, hey, you know, you've got this great marriage, you've got great kids. What have you ever had that's hard? What he allows you to walk through becomes your platform, you know, and you're, and he said, he saw ahead of time how you were going to use what he allowed to come out in your life to become a platform for him. Right. He, he allows things to happen in our lives and they're not happy things all Mm -mm. the time, but it's through those times that we grow. If everything is always happy and joyful and rainbows and unicorns. Absolutely. Um, I have, I haven't grown as much in those periods of time. I, I don't rely on the Lord as much. I find myself starting to rely on myself again mm-hmm. um, when everything is happy. Yeah. Have you had opportunity with kids to be a, like some children that you've known? I'm just curious. So all those kids you've worked with, have any of them had cancer? where you've had, you've had the opportunity to speak into them or family members who had cancer that you were able to then encourage them because you've walked it. I have, I haven't had kids uh, who have had cancer, but Mm -hmm. uh, cancer and illness is part of almost everyone's family. It seems like anymore. And so, you know, I'll have a child during prayer time say my grandma has cancer Mm -hmm. and I'll be able to look at them and say, well, you know what I did too. Mm-hmm. God was there with me and God can be with your grandma too. Let's pray for grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I've been, I've had that opportunity to be able to speak into the lives of kids and parents and people just bring it up to me now. Mm-hmm. 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 I bet that uh, with this heart of gratitude that we're talking about that you, uh, you have and clearly demonstrate so beautifully Uh, And knowing your involvement in uh, Ocean City Tabernacle uh, and all of these children's ministries, I'm sure that there are um, a lot of people (laughs) that you are very, very grateful for um, in your church and family community. So what were some of the ways that they blessed you and encouraged you? What are the things that um, I guess all of us, right, we know people who are struggling in the same way that, that you did. And what are some of the things that uh, people did to support you personally that meant so much that you you would look back and say, uh, in that moment, wow, I was so grateful that that the mm-hmm. church blessed me in this way or my community did. What are some specific things that people did to bless you? Well, the church was great. Uh, my church in Texas uh, at the time that I had cancer, they were awesome. They uh, There were days I couldn't come into the office. They let me work from home. I was gone for almost six months. I moved to a whole nother city for my transplant and they supported us. They kept me on salary. They uh, sent cards while, while I was in the area. I had, I had a a group of friends who would drive me to my chemo treatments. People brought us meals. Um, their kids, one of the best things was they had their kids make cards for me. I had Aww. cards all over my room. Oh, oh there's so much to be Aww. grateful for in that. Um, you just had so many people reaching out to you and encouraging you. That There is something to be so grateful for in that. Isn't the body of Christ good when you're in a situation like that? 
It's just it really is. Um, one of my favorite memories was there was a uh, a sixth grade boy. And I, if you know sixth grade boys, they don't communicate very well. <laughs> no. <laughs> and we were, we were doing a prayer walk at the camp uh, that we go to in the summers. We were doing a prayer walk there before camp. And he came over to me and he whispered to me and he said, I pray for you every day, Miss Missy. Oh, I was bald, mm. bald. Um, probably after that, I went and threw up somewhere in the woods. Mm. Um, mm. And it was just, it's a very sweet memory that this little boy had it on his heart to pray mm. for me every wow. day. Wow. Amazing. Prayer changes things. It does. It really does. And, and I could feel that I, I saw the messages on uh, my caring bridge on my Facebook mm. page, the texts that I would get. Uh, I didn't talk on the phone very much during that period of time. And it was just wonderful that people, and, and they would be specific prayers about things people didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm praying for you to be able to get up out of bed and walk the hospital halls today. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was wonderful. You know, sometimes people may think like, does my card make a difference or my text? Does it make a difference? And what I'm hearing from you is that you have a faith that's solid in, the, in your relationship with the Lord. And I know that you are choosing, you are choosing to give thanks in all circumstances, but there is something to be said about part of what you were grateful for was the specific Re ways people reached out to you. So if somebody's thinking, I don't really know that, you know, I don't know if it makes a difference. You're like shouting. It does. Like it does make a difference and it helps you continue to walk in gratitude in the midst of the heart when people take the time to reach out, however they choose to do that. It, it definitely helped. I mean, and it would always be at a really bad time and then oh. a card would come or a picture would come or a text mm -hmm. would come. It, it, it really makes a difference. Mm. Here's a, just uh, here's a question. Sometimes, and I, I'm only asking this because I've working in a hospital so long, I've heard people say they don't know what to talk about when they reach out, right? It's like, are we always supposed to talk about how you're feeling or how many times have you thrown up today, Missy? I think there is a need for just talking about life on the outside, like helping you when you're in the hospital to feel like you have an idea of what's going on on somebody's uh, life at home. Miss Lar, you've been through that too, where you have felt when you've been really sick recently and you were like, you were out for the count for a couple of weeks man, yeah, really and you were kind of out of touch with what was going on Absolutely, with life yes. at home. Yeah. And then those, those texts, those emails that come through those things on social media, it's like the wow that kind of, <laughs> it, it does encourage you and you, you think, all right, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. So Missy, let's, let's fast forward to today. Now I have not walked this journey with you. I'm, I've only met you just in the last couple of years, but share with us, where are you now in your cancer treatments or are you fully through those? Um, and I also think too, we just went through a global pandemic. I mean, we're still in some sort of, you know, it's, we're still dealing with COVID and that's the big deal with people with um, immune system, you know, situations that would be you, you know, that would be with you with your background. You continue to have to give thanks in the midst of a lot of uncertainty. 
because you had to weather the pandemic very differently than perhaps somebody who never had that history. So where are you in your, your history now? What's going on? And how did you handle COVID, you know, with all the quarantining? Well, I'm uh, five and a half years in remission now. Praise Yay, God. thank God. Praise God. Yes, that's really unheard of. My cancer was very rare. Um, I'm on a support group. It's an international support group. I'm the longest lived one. Mm. Wow. Mm. And wow. so uh, when someone new comes on and they read about how deadly this cancer is, they uh, point them to me, which is mm. great because I can talk to them about treatments, but I can also talk to them about the Lord. Amen. I have checkups. I have checkups once a year now. Mm. I go to uh, Philadelphia and I am checked to make sure um, that my donor, uh, because I had a donor who gave me his uh, stem cells and they check to make sure that he's still a hundred percent in my bone marrow and in my blood fighting. And he has been all this time. His name is Blake, by the way, he's my hero. Oh, thank you, Blake. Mm, yes. Yes. And it's also a really beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us because Blake gave his stem cells to save my life. He really saved me and he continues to fight in my bone marrow and my blood. Uh, when they take my blood, it's Blake's DNA, not mine. Mm. It's a beautiful picture of what Jesus did for us, that he died on the cross. He gave his blood and now the Holy Spirit lives in us and we should mm -hmm. have a different DNA. Right. Mm -hmm. Spiritual DNA. I, I just am overwhelmed by everything that you've shared and even what you just shared in those past couple of minutes. Uh, just to think that all of those years ago, uh, the Lord allowed you to be raised and rooted in a Christian environment and surrounded by the love of Jesus from, you know, your very birth. Uh, even before you were born, your, your parents were praying over you and to come to a personal relationship with the Lord, to know that Christ is all that you need, right? And then to get this verse from the Lord that says, when you wait on him and when you wait on him in these extremely challenging situations like you've been uh, you've been through, uh, that he is going to renew your strength. And I'm just, I'm just feeling like I'm having a conversation or we're having a conversation today with a woman of renewed strength, a woman who has waited on the Lord in the hard seasons and has been grateful for the opportunity to know him in a new way. And so even as you're just sharing about the fact that now you are the one who has the opportunity to speak to other people who are walking the same broken road, hard road that you did. Um, it is clear that God allowed you to go through this circumstance. Uh, he allowed you to walk this really, really hard road and you just continue to point people to Jesus. You know, as we're wrapping up, that's just what's speaking to my heart today from your story. I am encouraged and I know our listeners are encouraged too because, um, he's been faithful to you. He's been so faithful to you. So good to you. And you have found him in your really, really hard place. And now you are there for other people, encouraging them to find him in their really, really hard place too. One of the things we like to do as we close up our, our episodes here is we like to give uh, our special guest, you know, the, the last word. What is the, what is the one thing if there was a one final encouragement you'd like to give to listeners who might be walking a hard road like you have walked, someone who might be in a struggle right now and they they don't know 
uh, how to respond. Maybe they're new to a road with Jesus, or maybe they haven't even had that relationship with him. What's the last thing that you would say to encourage uh, people who are listening today? I think um, this is a hard, this would be a hard road to go down without Jesus. Mm. Huh. It really would be. I, I think if you go into a hard time um, or a cancer diagnosis with a woe is me attitude, why is this happening to me? I think you really have a hard time going through it. But if you go through it thinking, I have Christ alongside of me. I have someone walking there all the time. I have someone holding my hand. Mm. I have someone who's there in the hospital with me. I have someone there, no matter where you, what your hard time is, if it's your marriage, if it's your kid, you have a child who's going off the deep end. Mm -hmm. um, Christ is there with you. Amen. He's always with you. And if you are a Christian, I think it's report, important to remember that um, Jesus, you may be the only Jesus they ever see. Mm -hmm. And so as you're walking through your hard time and you are, if you are a believer, you need to remember that people are watching. Mm -hmm. um, I love the verse in Hebrews chapter 12 um, that says, uh, therefore, we're surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. And um, people are watching. And uh, so if you're a Christian, I encourage you to hang in there. I encourage you to cling to your faith, cling to Jesus, and remember that God is the one who's going to give you that faith and give you that peace and give you that strength. Um, it's not in yourself. It's not in me. It's not in any of us. Amen. Amen. Wow. Missy, I am, uh, I am grateful. Right. This is our month on gratitude. And I will tell you that, A, I'm grateful to have met you today. Uh, I am grateful to have heard your story. And I am so grateful that God not only allowed you to walk a really hard road, but allowed you to come out on the other side to declare his praise. So I know that this has been encouraging today to so many people. I'm really grateful that your God was bigger than their 5%. Amen. Amen. Uh, I really, I'm mean, just thinking of takeaways, you know, and, and I've heard your story, but that's one of my takeaways, whatever the obstacle is, God, you are bigger than somebody else's 5%. And I, the other takeaway too, is you asked the Lord a question. Do, is there more for you to have me do? You know, because if there's not, then bring me home, let it be quick. Right. Um, my dad asked the Lord the same question with a melanoma diagnosis. Is there, is this my time or do you have more for me to do? And so God's answer to him was, I have more for you to do. So dad said, let's, let's go after this. And you did the same thing. And uh, I'm so very grateful that his answer was, you're not done, miss. You're not done. <laughs> Amen. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you for being here with us today, Missy. Uh, we're just so grateful to have had you as a guest today. And for our listeners, thank you for being with us today. We are grateful for our special guests, and we are grateful for those who join us every week or whenever you can on here 
on uh, Beyond the Building. If this is something that has encouraged you or you know someone else who's walking a really hard time that might be or would be encouraged by Missy's story, you know, we encourage you to share uh, what you've just heard today. God is so good. He's so faithful. And we know that he can use the struggles that we've been through to encourage and lead other people to him. So from Deb, uh, Missy, and myself, we just want to thank you for being here with us today. Uh, We pray for you, and we just are grateful for you in this season where we are practicing and wearing gratitude. So God bless you. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Take care. Thanks, everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.